I was actually kind of optimistic we might get a rain because they finally took it out of the forecast. Because and, that the corn is kind of borderline. Had growers ask us to do some yield estimates. It is closer to the APHs. Temperatures floating in the hundreds, heavy wind. It's been like an oven in the field. We did have some hail and some wind in places. You know, so it's it's been a tough week. Welcome to the MFA Made for Agriculture podcast. Here are your hosts, Adam Jones and Cameron Horine. Hi, good morning, everybody. My name is Cameron Horine, and this is our MFA Made for Agriculture podcast. This is another Crop Track Insights edition uh, where we'll have our retail agronomist on, on board, and we'll just go through an update in their area and try to give you guys some timely information for purposes of listening to this just give you guys an idea this is we're recording this on july 28th so in case you're hearing anything um if you get a chance to listen to this a little bit later give you kind of a time frame of what we're talking about last time we recorded was two weeks ago on the 14th so it's been a couple weeks since we last recorded and um just kind of give you guys some ideas of what's going on in our area and so i think this week we're going to start with our retail southeast group um, and kind of work our way north this time. So, Jesse, if you don't mind, um, give us an update what's going on down there in the Boot Heel area. Yeah, uh, it's been a drier week this week. We kind of went where we had two or three weeks with rain on and off. Uh, not a whole lot going on in general. Uh, corn's finishing up. A lot of beans are finishing up. Uh, no signs of southern rust or no hearings of southern rust either out of Mississippi or Arkansas. So biggest thing is we do got some later corn in places as long as we're getting proper pro on it. At this point, I really don't have a lot of worries. Uh, seeing a little bit of frog ash show up in some soybeans, uh, it's not bad yet, but it was time to put fungicide on them anyway. So we just went ahead and done that. Uh, insect pressure's not real bad, just a little bit of everything. So we're just, making decisions accordingly whether it's lambda or it's indigo or intrepid edge whatever we think we need for that field uh, and moving on on it and hopefully that'll get us to the finish line uh for what rice guys do listen to this we did get a emergency label for indigo on rice for rice stink bugs last week or two weeks ago i can't remember uh so that's an option with lambda not working as well outside of that there just ain't a whole lot going on no that's fair i mean we are kind of coming to that time frame where really it's a matter of if your crops are ahead you get your fungicides on and if not you're just kind of waiting for harvest and hoping that nothing bad happens and continue to catch rains finish out these beans right so yeah you speak of something bad we did have some hail and some wind in places last in the late last week uh nothing just terrible but there is going to be some yield loss in places on corn and beans, both. Yeah. Thanks for the update, Jesse. Um, Shannon, let's move across um, to the west side of the south of our area. And um, what updates do you got? So similar to Jesse, uh, it was a hot, hot, dry week. Um, the temperatures floating in the hundreds, heavy wind. It's been like an oven in the field. Uh, we've had, I guess the main activity that's gone on this week is, of course, spraying double crop beans post has been a priority here the last couple of weeks. Silage has started being chopped, um, some planned silage, some not planned. 
either due to poor pollination or, you know, lack of forage from the last two years worth of drought. Uh, and then hay season's kind of, we're kind of in the middle of hay season, warm season, uh, the prairies are getting wrapped up. So that's kind of been the focus for a lot of guys as well as start to get the combine ready. Um, corn, our farthest long corn is uh, past dent now. Uh, we've got some that still kind of hasn't quite dented yet, but with this weather, um, without much moisture in the forecast, I, I'm expecting this to be a black later sooner than later, um, which is kind of pegging harvest maybe to start there. Could be as early as middle of August. Just kind of depends on how the conditions go here over the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, there's some areas the corn, the corn still looks probably better than what it should uh, for the conditions it's been through, especially from what we saw last year. Very similar to last year, but you know we actually had corn that pollinated that made. Um, so there's going to be there is going to be more grain than there was, but nothing that we're nothing that's going to you know write home about. On soybeans, of course, the focus now is more double crop, just getting them taken care of as they come up. They range anywhere from emerging from some replants last week to, you know, V6, V7. Um, our early planted beans, they've most of them are three and a half to are four and a half now. So we're kind of on the we're kind of on the this, the tail end of those. Insect pressure has been low. Disease pressure has been low. There's been a couple instances of some frog eye, but that's that's been about it. Uh, you know, kind of the dog days of summer is kind of setting in, and we're just we're just sitting around and and just waiting for something to happen, really. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned uh, corn being chopped for silage. Would you say would you say you're probably going to expect less planned um, silage chop? Or sorry, would you say there's less silage that's going to be chopped just because corn was worse off and probably more plants because we've had two bad years especially in your area of not very good forage uh i don't know i mean i've got those guys that always have they I mean they have silage pits they always plan on chopping silage there i think there's going to be less uh unplanned compared to last year because that the corn is kind of borderline um I know we've had we've had growers ask us to do some yield estimates just to try to see because it is close to their APHs, um, and it, is it justifying to actually chop it? You know, that's kind of that's kind of where we've been this year. It's or it's not not a great crop, but it's it's kind of good enough crop. Yeah, I will say that you know we're in the dead heat of summer, right? The last couple last week for sure, and this week is just really hot. Fortunately, since we kind of had a sp dry spring, a lot of our corn was able to get in earlier and we didn't have this heat issue during pollination. So I think that played a huge help too compared to some years in the past. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree to that. Thanks for the update, Shannon. Uh, let's go ahead and go to Retail Central and see what's going on in Scott's area. Hey, good morning, thank you. Um, well, kind of like the other guys have said, uh, I think the big theme, theme this past week was the heat. Uh, I was actually kind of optimistic we might get a rain because they finally took it out of the forecast and as back, backwards as the forecasts have been all summer, uh, you know, there was always rain three days out that we never, never received. So I don't know, kind of a little bit of sarcasm, but I was also seriously thinking maybe they maybe they'd miss something yeah. uh on the west side of the state they 
I guess that came true a little bit at the first of the week. Uh, you know, they received upwards, you know, of an inch out around uh, Oric area, I think around uh, Higginsville area, you know, kind of an unexpected three quarters or, or better in some places. Um, so there was a little bit of that, but boy, everywhere else, it was just, uh, just hot and dry. And um, like one of the guys said, the winds, you know, on a couple of days, just, uh, just really drove that, drove that hard. Um, the, the big thing I always go on and on about how, you know, over, I well, not the big thing necessarily, but just one more thing on top of all that. Uh, I always go on and on about how overnight lows can really, really kind of save us during, during periods of, of, of heat and drought. And, and, uh, you know, we didn't, we didn't get that this week either. Uh, you know, if you're, it was already 82, 83 at four and five in the morning, a lot of times. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's been a tough week. There's no getting around it. Um, as far as moving into the crops, the, uh, most of the corn we're looking at right now is between, uh, you know, milk and dough stage. Uh, there's a little bit of, uh, dented corn showing up. Um, but, you know, I think, uh, I think like Shannon said, with, with the temperatures, you know, just the conditions, I think we're going to, going to race through some of these stages and, um, uh, you know, I think there'll be quite a bit of dented corn here before, you know, the next, next week or so. Um, you know, even with the dry conditions, we're continuing to see, uh, see some disease progression, uh, particularly, uh, gray leaf spot, Northern corn leaf blight. I was in a field yesterday that, was about as heavy northern corn northern corn leaf blight as as I I can remember seeing, um, but it was also in an area that you know has received a little bit of rain, um, so I think that kind of fired that off again. There are some uh, some additional reports of tar spot, um, you know, not really the places that we found it. It has not does not seem to have progressed, um, you know, as as we would expect as as dry as it's been but just find, hearing more fields that it's being found in. Um, so uh, that's kind of the report on it. Um, just the conditions across the whole region. I, I tried to broaden, you know, I can only look at so much, you know, my folks are essentially in the same fields every every week. So that's a little bit limited. I really tried to reach out this week and, you know, I know a lot of our, our key account managers and, and the guys involved in seed and all, you know, those kind of things really get out this time of year and look at a lot of crop just all over the, the region. And talking to uh, to those guys, it, you know, whether I'm, I mean, from just one end of the region to the other, uh, the, the consistent story was it just depends on where you're at. Um, they can all tell stories of, of some unexpected, really good corn they've seen. They can tell stories of, of disasters um really putting a, a percentage on this is is it has been tough uh to try to figure out what we have but it's it's going to be you know it's it's going to be all over the board it's going to be as scattered quite frankly as, as the rains we we were watching that's that's just kind of how it's how it's fallen um soybeans are right now running from uh, basically r2 to r5 i would say uh vast majority are in that R3 R4 range. Um, there are, uh, you know, there is still some fungicide going out on on beans. Uh, I would say we're, you know, there's it's easier to be optimistic about soybeans in a situation like this because, you know, we all know what the August rains can can bring if we can get them there. Uh, so I I do see more optimism um, 
with the soybeans, but we're still uh, a lot of those decisions, you know, fungicide wise are still being made much as the corn was a few weeks back. Um, it's, it's very field by field and, you know, looking at potential and, um, you know, the, those decisions can range wildly, even just a couple miles apart based on, on what, what folks have received. Um, yeah, we're, we're, as far as disease, uh, we're not seeing a lot. I mean, we're seeing some Cercospora and, and, you know, I, I get pictures of, uh, you know, different diseases we're finding, but, but a lot of times those are one-offs. That's just kind of here and there. I did get a report of, of some beans continuing to die, um, in, in some fields that were taken to the lab and Phytophthora and, and Rhizoc were found. Um, I guess the concerning, I was a little surprised by the Phytophthora just because, you know, we didn't, we didn't really feel like we had a lot of conditions for that. But, uh, if that isn't, in fact, the case, I'm I'm a little concerned that in, in some of those fields, if we would get some additional rains, there could be some, you know, additional mortality. Um, but aside from that, we're, you know, kind of like the other guy said, we're heading into the dog days and um, kind of what we got. Awesome. Appreciate the update, Scott. Kevin, what's going on in Retail North? I spent the last couple of days um, cruising around through that territory and those crops look pretty good. I saw a lot of helicopters flying, um, putting out fungicides. So uh, what have you been seeing across Retail North? Yeah, so a lot a lot of the crops do look good, but um, I, oh, I've been covered a lot of area this week and unfortunately there there are also several areas that that don't look so good and it's it's spotty depending on where you go if, if somebody just went down 36 um highway on the east side of the state um things are looking pretty tough but you go north of the highway and it's kind of in and out so um it, it's like kind of similar to what scott was saying it's all over the board and it depends on where you go but yeah there there is there are some pretty good pretty good pockets around that um you know kind of those areas where you saw that fungicide going on and uh all that good stuff but i oh we as far as um updates i i kind of have a kind of a focus on diseases this week just because we're we're uh you know seeing some more tar spot in in some new counties uh decatur county iowa and then andrew county missouri um we we found found it um, in our crop track program also similar to what scott said it doesn't seem to be very aggressive um you know it's taken taken over these corn plants it's just just showing up and uh you know, maybe a lesion or two on a, on a plant here, here and there, but it, it, with this, with the drier conditions we've had, it, uh, hasn't, uh, seemed to be too aggressive, but it is, it is here and showing up in more places. Um, soybeans, we've, um, seen some charcoal rot, which is going to show up in during dry conditions. So that's been found in some drier areas and, um, white mold's been found again in some areas that have, um, you know, in north in the northwest corner of the state and um, around Nottaway County, to where where there has been some more moisture. Um, that's probably about uh, seven years in a row we found white mold in northwest Missouri. So that's something I've 
we've always got our eye out for, and I've, uh, we've seen it year after year. It hasn't been a problem, but I got a feeling if we have a cool summer, it could, uh, could be something to, that'll cause a lot of problems in a lot of areas. But, uh, but that's, that's it as, as far as diseases go. Um, Corn, a lot of corns in the milk stage, going into the dough stage. Uh, soybeans are ranging from R2 up to R5, so we've got a pretty big range there. But we are starting to see some uh, see some pods uh, starting to fill up with seeds in there. So everything's moving moving right along. Um, all in all, I think things are looking looking okay considering the dry weather. But uh, a lot of that depends on depends on where you go it, you there could you know there's a lot of places you might go might see a good looking field and go a mile down the road and it might start looking pretty tough so um but that's that's about it um everything new i have to add uh, a lot of a lot of similarities with other other folks that spoke before me but uh a few new things in the in the disease world anyways yeah, Kevin, you brought up white mold, and it's not something that I feel like we normally talk about when it comes to the diseases. You know, we usually talk about our gray leaf, northern corn, southern rust on corn, you know, frog eye and soybeans. What are some things, is there is there any preventative actions, or what are some things we can do to mitigate white, white mold, or even when it shows up, what, what are some lookouts that we need to be concerned of? Well, so up up north you get up north into iowa um you know minnesota wisconsin um where they do have cooler summers it's it's a year after year deal so they've they've developed a lot of a lot of management strategies that you know if it's something that um that's kind of continues to move south we can kind of um go off of some things they've learned but their uh air movement uh is a big thing so uh a lot of growers do plant beans into 30 inch rows to get um get a lot more air movement into the canopy um some around around that r1 time frame uh actually cobra herbicide can can be applied and that um oh there's something called systemic acquired resistance so what what the, the way that Cobra herbicide acts on the beans, it actually um, gives it some, gives it a little more tolerance to white mold. Uh, there's a fungicide called Domark that has activity on it, um, and if that were to be sprayed around that R1, R2 time frame, uh, there there's some activity with that time with that product. Now, if we're spraying that fungicide for white mold, it it would typically it would the best window to put that on would be earlier than what we were you know putting our uh, putting our uh, fungicides on for our foliar diseases. White mold is it's soil borne, um, so the the spores are going to be in the soil. There's uh kind of, there's some fruiting bodies that pop up at the soil surface and eject spores um, into the air and those will enter um, flower soybean flowers as they start to dry up so that's about the time when the late part of the r2 stage is when soybeans will get infected and you'll start seeing the symptoms of the actual white mold on the stems um, you know a little later on in that r4 r5 time frame but when you when you 
when it's at that stage, when you're actually seeing visual symptoms, you're probably too late to really do much. Yeah, you hit you hit exactly what I was hoping you'd touch on, Kevin. Is is white mold again? It's not one that we see in our whole trade territory, but in those areas where it's it's one of those that we have to be really proactive on, right? And so because it is, we talk about fungicides and being at the R two R three stage. We've talked about that on multiple podcasts and multiple trainings, but our it's a R one timeframe for a lot of those mitigation measures. So we have to be proactive and kind of say, hey, look, this is something that we could see coming in. It's very much like Southern rust, right? Where we know Shannon and Jesse, those guys are watching for it coming up from the south. Um, it's kind of the same way, but opposite direction from white mold. Just thinking about the cooler temperatures and summers from that perspective. Appreciate the update, Kevin. Uh, does anybody have anything else they want to touch on that they forgot they wanted to touch on or mention? Okay. Well, since Adam is not here, um, normally he has a lot of good insights and a lot of information to pass on. Unfortunately, I'm not the talkative one like Adam. So we'll um, we'll wrap this one up. Uh, appreciate you guys jumping on this morning. Um, again, as we mentioned this morning, as we mentioned at the beginning, uh, this is crop, our Crop Track Insights episode of Made for Agriculture podcast. We recorded this on July 28th and um, appreciate you guys tuning in and listening. So thank you. Hey, thanks everybody. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to Made for Agriculture. Email comments and questions to podcast at mfa-inc.com.